You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Let's start by making the declaration. Amen. If you are visiting with us for the first time or you're listening for the first time, just follow in the overhead. Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to his word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. You may take your seat. Thank you. It's so precious when during a time of worship, we can experience God's presence. The Holy Spirit in our lives is the very thing that makes the difference. God is so faithful. God is so faithful. If God had to deal with us according to our sin, our mistakes, not one of us would be here this morning. But God deals with us according to His mercy and his grace. Sin is the one thing that displeases God. But yet God is the giver of all good things. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the hand of God. When God looks at you, He's thinking about the good thoughts, the good plans that he's got for your life. He doesn't meditate upon your mistakes. It's good news to know that God does not consult your past in determining your future. Hebrews 13 teaches us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It means Jesus loved you yesterday, Jesus loves you today, and Jesus will still love you tomorrow. It's something to think about. It's something to think about. This morning, I want to minister on the assurance of salvation. The Bible teaches us that by God's very nature, He wants to make it easy for us and not difficult. The Bible says His yoke is easy and His burden is light. To obtain salvation is not something that's difficult. It's easy and it's available to everybody. A matter of fact, the Word of God says it's the will of God that every person, every man should be saved. means God wants every person to know Him and to experience His goodness. Amen? So you have to ask yourself, what, what are these conditions for me to be saved? People perish because of a lack of knowledge. The message this morning is about the assurance of salvation, but it's a message for every believer that has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ to test yourself to see whether you're in faith, if you're still walking the walk. Amen? 
Family, listen to me. The Bible teaches us that in order for you to be saved, you have to accept the Word of God. But not only the Word of God, you need His Spirit as well. It's not just the Word, but it's the working of the Holy Spirit. Repenting, repentance, and having faith in our hearts. The first work of the Holy Spirit in your life is to regenerate your own spirit. Can you see the importance of having the Holy Spirit in your life? If you are serving God without the help of the Holy Spirit, you are busy with religion and not a relationship. If you're serving God only from here, you are busy with religion. But if you are serving God from here, you are busy with a relationship. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John chapter 3. I'm reading from verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Here we have a man, Nicodemus. He comes to Jesus by night. Sometimes people would not like to discuss the things of God publicly and openly. And that's fine. You can see them privately. Jesus met with Nicodemus privately. The Bible teaches us that Nicodemus was a Pharisee. What does that mean? It means he gave his tithes. He, went, he used to go to church on a regular basis. He prayed. He fasted. He was a leader in the church. He was a prominent person. So he ticked all of the boxes that you'd want of a good member. But he lacked one thing. He said, I've been teaching for 30 years. And there's something different in your ministry. I see signs, wonders, and miracles. I see the working of the Holy Spirit. Why is it? If I have to say it in my own words, he was saying to Jesus, your ministry has been going for a few years. My ministry has been going for 30 years. You teaching the Word of God, I'm teaching the Word of God. You're obeying the commandments of God's Word, I'm doing it. What is the difference? Jesus said to him, you must be born again. Turn to the person next to you, turn to them and say, you must be born again. You must be born again. He was saying, the difference in my life is I'm linked up with God. I'm connected with God. God's presence is the thing that makes the difference. 
It is our union with Jesus that allows us to have communion with God the Father. This is the difference. He says, what is flesh is flesh, and what is of the Spirit is spirit. When Nicodemus didn't understand, he says, you have to be born of water, and you have to be born of the Spirit. Then the next verse says, what is flesh is flesh, and what is of the Spirit is spirit. He was saying, the first birth is when the mother's water breaks. That's the natural birth. The second birth is that when you are connected with God, when the Holy Spirit regenerates your spirit. Yes, there's the washing of the Word. Yes, you need to be baptized, and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's different layers when you study and you look at that Scripture. But he was talking about what is flesh and what is spirit. He says you first have to have the natural birth, and then you need a spiritual birth. You need to be linked up with God. Turn to the person next to you and say, you must be born again. So it is the Holy Spirit in your life that enables you to have fellowship and communion with God. This is the thing that's different in our lives. The Bible says that God's Word is spirit and it's life. It's not just reading the Bible. Many people read the Bible for selfish reasons, for materialistic reasons. Many people pray for selfish reasons. You need the Holy Spirit to help you in everything. It's not about praying with your mind, serving with your mind, helping people according to the letter. But it is the working of the Holy Spirit that makes the difference. The Bible teaches us that Paul in Corinthians says, not that we are sufficient or that our sufficiency comes from ourselves, but our sufficiency comes from God who has made us ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit brings life. God is after your heart. When we do things from our heart, it will be completely different. When you become born again, everything changes. My wife sitting here, she does not want me to love her according to the letter. I've read in a book, it says, Husband, remember to love your wife. Daily tell her you love her. Once in the morning, at 12 o'clock, send an SMS. And in the afternoon, remember when you see her to say, I love you. Do you think she's going to be happy? Do you think that relationship is real? No. But... When it comes from my heart, it's easy to say, I love you. When I think of her during the day, I can say, I love you. When I see her, I can say, I love you. Turn to the person next to you and say, God is after your heart. Remember, in John chapter 4, when Jesus met the woman at the well in Samaria, he asked her for water, and then he said, if you know who I am, you would have asked me for living water, and I would give it to you. God is telling her, you can have life and life in abundance. There's a different kind of life that comes from your spirit when you are linked up with God. Something that you can tap into, drink, and enjoy. Amen? Turn to the person next to you say, you must be born again.
Tell them again. Say, you must be born again. Your actions, your actions must agree with the Word and with the Spirit because they're always in agreement. They're always in agreement. Amen? When we serve God, when you are born again, serving is not something you just do. It's who you've become because the greatest servant lives on the inside of you. Humility is not something you do. It's who you've become because of your total dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Worship, then, is not something you do. It's who you've become because you can now worship Him in spirit and in truth. Sometimes we can use the Word of God to prove our case, but it's not aligned with the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by that? It's not in line with the Spirit of Christ. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 9. It's not praying with your mind, serving with your mind, worshiping with your mind, but it's doing it from your spirit. When you do it from your spirit, it will be natural. Now you are being led by the Holy Spirit. Sons of God are led by the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 9, are you there? Verse 51. Now it came to pass when the time had come to him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? just as Elijah did. But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Can you see here, the disciples are so excited. They've got a revelation that this is Jesus. They're on a journey. Jesus gives them an assignment and say, prepare a place for us. They get to this town, and here suddenly they reject Jesus. They're offended. They're upset. They're just busy with Jesus' assignment, and now they're being pushed back. And they come to Jesus, and they said, well, we know about this prophet, that when things didn't go the way that he wanted, he sorted them out with fire very quickly. Can you see they are quoting Scripture to justify their actions? Have you ever done that? Don't raise your hands. <laughs> raise your hands. But sometimes we want to use the Bible to justify our actions. They are saying, the Bible says, Elijah did it. You are greater than Elijah. You are a prophet here with us. Can we sort them out? And he says, you don't know what kind of a spirit you are operating in right now. I've not come to kill, steal, and destroy. I've come to bring life and life in abundance. Many times we want to do things, but it does not line up with the Spirit. Have, 
Have you ever spoken to somebody and everything they are saying makes sense? They might even be quoting scripture, but in your spirit you feel uncomfortable with what they are doing. That's when you are discerning somebody's spirit. The spirit of Christ will always build up. Jesus is the gift with a lift, will never break down. So the word and the spirit should always align or be aligned. Corinthians teaches us that the first Adam was a living soul, but the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Family, listen to me. Once you are born again, there's new life on the inside of you. Now wherever you go, where there's darkness, the light in you will expel the darkness. When you are truly born again, new life enters into your life. This is the message that Jesus was teaching. If you look at the book of John, in John chapter 3, he starts by saying you must be born again. If you're not born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. John chapter 4 speaks to the woman. He says rivers of living water will flow from your belly. New life on the inside. Then he says the time will come when you'll worship me in spirit and in truth. If it's not spirit, it's not truth, it's nothing. The man at the pool of Bethesda, he's trying to get into the water. When the angel stirs the water, he's trying to get into the water so that his situation can change. Jesus, the river of life, the fountain of life, wants to get into his life to offer him a permanent solution. John chapter 6, Jesus says, my words, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Turn to the person next, you say, you must be born again. Tell them again, say, you must be born again. People perish because of a lack of knowledge. If you think it's safe to serve God with your mind, you don't know the truth. God requires of us to serve Him with our hearts, our spirits. Then everything you do will be different. You can start to bring life where there's not life. The letter kills. The spirit brings life. Family, this is something to meditate upon. Even when you're an usher and you're serving outside, if it's according to the letter, nothing will change. You'll probably get despondent. But if you do it by the spirit, there's an excitement on the inside. Now even when you greet somebody, you say good morning, you've started to minister life to them already. If you are born again, things should start to change in your life. You missed a good place to say amen. If you are born again, born of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, things in your life should start to change. Why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? Jesus came into this world to deal with sin and the penalty of sin. What is sin? Sin is to miss the mark. Or sin, in simple terms, is when you are disobedient, not obeying the Word of God. But Christ came to deal with sin once and for all. When you have that revelation, things in your life will start to change. Abraham knew he had revelation that Christ would die and he would be raised from the dead. Remember, 
Melchizedek, when he met with him, he broke bread. They had communion. He explained it to him. That's why Abraham, in Romans 4, teaches us, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, and he became the father of many nations, calling the things that were not as though they were. He started to speak life, and his situation started to change. Ezekiel in the Old Testament, Ezekiel 37 verse 3, what did God say to him? He said, Ezekiel, can these dead bones live? He says, Lord, you know. He says, Ezekiel, start speaking to these dead bones. And when he started to say the words, declare the words, the Holy Spirit affected it, and new life started to form. Life came into existence. Anybody can say a word, but you need the Holy Spirit to move, to change things. God the Father, the creator of the universe, didn't speak one word until the Holy Spirit was on the scene. Genesis 1 verse 2, and the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters, and God spoke and said, let there be light. If you're speaking words, but it's not in the power of the Holy Spirit, nothing will change. This is the problem that we have today. Many copycats, people saying things, but there's no Holy Spirit power. So why did Jesus come? Jesus came. Turn to Luke 19 verse 10. Why did Jesus come? He's not here to destroy lives. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. It's come to look for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, you must be born again. Matthew 20 teaches us Jesus did not come to be served. He came to serve. You must ask yourself the question as a born-again Christian, are you sitting here wanting to be served? Or are you ready to serve? Remember, I said serving is not something you do. It's who you've become because the greatest servant is on the inside of you. Then it's easy to lay your life down. It's not come to destroy people's lives. It's come to seek you, look for you, to find you, so that he can bring you into a new relationship. Amen? Save you from sin. So how did he save us from sin? It's the one thing that we cannot do. If the prophets could do it, if the law could do it, there was no need for that. The good news is Jesus came to help us, to save you from sin. 1 Peter 1 verse 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers. Remember Nicodemus? You would think that he should be saved. He was tithing. He was praying. He was fasting. He was a prominent leader in the church. He says, but these are not things that can save any man. So it's not from silver and gold, not things that you can buy. Remember when Peter prayed for the man at the gate beautiful when he was looking for money, thinking money is his answer. What did he say to him? He said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and walk. 
but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So how did he do it? With his blood. His blood sanctifies us and cleanses us, declares us holy. Remember, the God that we serve is a holy God. Turn to the person next to you and say, God is holy. Can you see the predicament that we have as mankind? We are not holy. Anybody here, you have not sinned for a week, just raise your hand. Nobody. Oh, my word. Why? Because we are human. Everybody makes mistakes. But Christ came to solve this problem. If you go to verse 24, it says, by his stripes we are healed. Everybody is looking for something, whether it's healing or deliverance or breakthrough or salvations. Everybody is looking for something, and they think if I can just get that one thing, it will be the end. But it's not the end. It's a means to an end. The end is a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to read this Bible and understand it, you need the Holy Spirit. If you want to live a successful life, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. If you want to be able to forgive every person that hurts you or offends you, you'll need the Holy Spirit. This is what God has done. He wants you to be in a position of right standing with him. So how do we obtain salvation? It's not that difficult. Romans 10 verse 9 to 10 teaches us that you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart. With your mouth confession is made unto salvation. With your heart you believe unto righteousness. Righteousness is not for those who confess it, but those who believe it. Do you believe that God has made you righteous? 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, He who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is what God has done so that you can be holy. Not outwardly but believe that you hold a position in Christ Jesus and that His righteousness has become your righteousness. It's that righteousness that makes you holy. Not holiness that condemns, oh, I've made a mistake. Holiness with hope. As you keep your focus upon the Lord Jesus Christ, your life centered around Christ Jesus, you know you hold that position. Why is that important, family? Because if you are born again, you need to read this Bible and understand it. Because these words are not just letters, it's spirit and life. A matter of fact, the men who wrote this Bible, the Bible teaches that it was holy men moved by the Holy Spirit that wrote the Holy Bible. So if you try and read this without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to understand it. You might even read this and feel condemned. But when you read it with the help of the Holy Spirit, you'll be convicted. He'll help you. Now when you are born again, His ability has become your ability. 
Now as Christ has forgiven you, you can forgive people. So what is the end? You have to forgive all those who have sinned against you, has offended you, those that have hurt you. You have to forgive them. It's not a difficult thing. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's not difficult. Tell them it's a decision. Remember, I started by saying, God by his very nature wants to make it easy for you, not difficult. When you are born again, born from above, you are born of love. You are born of love. God's love is on the inside of you. His ability to love is on the inside of you. So if you love God and you love people, it's easy to forgive. But when you don't love God, I mean when there's other things occupying your heart that you think is of more value than God, it's difficult to forgive people. This is the link to your success. This is the link to your good future. Forgiveness. When you truly confess God's word, confessing God's word, believing it with all your heart, faith in your heart, the Holy Spirit will affect that prayer and your spirit will be regenerated. When your spirit is regenerated, now you are being led by the Holy Spirit. If you do anything, if you feel there's a prompting, I want to do this, you can just make sure that what you want to do lines up with the Word of God. Because all our actions should be viewed in the light of God's Word. Because the Holy Spirit and the Word of God will never contradict each other. What the enemy now wants to do, he's looking for something that he can use to link himself to you. That thing that he will use is more than likely offense. Anybody got angry with somebody during the past week? You know what's the most amazing thing? Let me confess as a pastor. Sometimes when I say, I've preached a sermon on the love of God, and I say, God, I've preached it, I've declared it, help me to walk in it this week. I'm just going to do better than the previous week. You're taking me from glory to glory and strength to strength. That week, I usually write the biggest test. Does that only happen to pastors? Where I find I have to hold on to God even more. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Lead me. Guide me. I need your ability in my heart to be able to forgive as Christ has forgiven me. Sometimes you know it is difficult if you don't have the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why the helper is here. If you had to judge it according to the letter, there'd be no mercy. But it's the Holy Spirit that brings life. Our prayer should be every day, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me. Enter my soul, Lord. Touch my heart. Change my heart to do your will now and forever.
Take more of me, Lord. Give me more of you. Manifest your strength in my weakness. You hold on to God and you'll see what he will do in your life. You need the Holy Spirit. The situation that you are facing right now, it's not just saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But you need the power of the Holy Spirit. As I'm ministering the word of God to you now, you need to hear God's voice upon my voice so that you can receive that word with meekness into your heart. When you receive that word with meekness into your heart, that word that is spirit and life, you'll see it will change your life. As a born-again Christian, we must be able to speak life into a situation and see life. What I mean, be a giver of life. When you share the word of God, a sinner must be able to be converted when he embraces the word of God and receives it into his heart. Do you know what's the most wonderful thing? I want to close with this. You can have assurance of faith or assurance of salvation because faith is something that's been deposited in your heart already. That means you have the ability to believe. You have the faith on the inside to remove that mountain of sin in your life. Jesus said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, that mountain will be removed. The good news is that that faith is on the inside of your heart already. The Bible says we've been saved by grace through faith. Where did you get that faith? God deposited on the inside of you so that you can be saved. Salvation is something that every person can have. God wants everybody to be saved. You can have assurance of salvation in your life when you accept the word of God, when you confess with your mouth that Jesus died for you, that the Holy Spirit has made him alive. When you confess that and believe that, you receive salvation. You receive the righteousness of God. That righteousness of God justifies you you obtain that, not through your works, but by believing what Jesus Christ did on the cross. God, by his very nature, wants to make it easy for you. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.